God is birthing something in my life about not just revival, but about God Almighty revealing himself to us. Uh, I want to be like Moses up on the mount when he went up there and he just asked God, reveal yourself to me. You know, revival is great and, and I'm, I'm ready for revival, but I just want God to reveal himself to I, He's birthing a hunger on the inside of me. And I pray that he starts to birth it inside of you guys too. And I was thinking about this as I've been praying the last couple of weeks and it's starting to come out even when I do tithes and offering. I got up and said something a couple of weeks during the tithes and uh, I don't think the church liked it a whole lot, but it's true. Um, you know, this, this book is not about us. It's about him. This, this is not about you. Right? We've been taught it's about us, but it's not about us. Yes, there's wonderful things he did for us and that it's a blessing to us. And, and there's promises in here that we can receive. You know, prosperity is a promise. Healing is a promise. Salvation is a promise. Our right mind is a promise. There's promises in here. But understand this. Everything he has done for you is for his glory. And we need to figure that out real quick. Listen to me, church. Listen, we got to understand at Ablaze Youth Ministries, we come here for one reason, Jesus Christ. And this is what's going to bring the power back to the church. When the church gets back to worshiping Jesus. When it's not, and, and listen, I love all this stuff. We have a great screen. We have lights. We have a haze machine. I'm all for all the bells and whistles, but I could strip all that away tomorrow and be completely satisfied because it's just about glorifying Jesus. And there's going to be something that's going to change in your hearts and in my heart over the next, the weeks to come. And it's just a turning back to Jesus. As the Bible says, those who worship him must worship him in spirit. In truth, we're stripping away everything. And from our spirit, we're going to worship the spirit of living God. From our spirit, we're going to worship Jesus Christ. We're in here tonight to see him lifted up, to see him exalted, to see Jesus glorified. And if you have any other motives, please check it at the door. Here to meet with Jesus. Now before church, we're going to have fun. After church, we're going to have fun. But the most fun is going to be when we worship him. Because he's going to reveal himself to us like he's never revealed himself. And this is what he's going to do. To the ones that are hungry, they're going to experience God like never before. To the ones who are thirsty, Jesus said, all who are hungry, let them come to me. All who thirst, let them come to me. It's about coming to him. And just saying, Jesus, I don't care. And this is why we're going to look at the woman with the issue of blood tonight. Man, there's so many things that we can learn from this portion of Scripture. But I want to exhort you guys. I want to encourage you guys. We need to start just stripping away things in our lives that are a distraction from worshiping Jesus. Especially here in this room. I'm not telling you, you know, at home and when you're at school, you just got to break out in tongues in the hallway. I would actually suggest not to do that because the Bible, the Apostle Paul says, that's going to cause confusion and it's going to be weird. and It's going to be chaotic. But what I am saying is especially when we're here, we should be able to just unashamedly worship Jesus Christ. And the reason we don't is because it's more about us than it is about him. You know, I've been around church my whole life since 1980. My, my parents started a church in 82. And it's just interesting. Every time people have left church or every time people complain about church, I've seen this for a lot of years. 
the complaint is always centered around one thing. I don't like, you know, uh, there was this one lady, uh, I didn't run into her, but someone ran into her and they were telling me this story. They asked her where she went to church and she said, oh, I go to Cornerstone. I worship at Cornerstone and Cornerstone. And she goes, oh, that's the church that dims the lights. She knows us for dimming the lights instead of Jesus. I don't like that church because they dim the lights. I don't like that church because it's too loud. I don't like that church. And it's always about I, I, I. When it really should be about him, him, and him. Everyone say about Jesus. Come on, say it again. Say about Jesus. And what he's bringing back to the body of Christ. Now, y'all just go with me on this journey, especially amongst the younger culture, is a reverence. Do you want to know why people can pull out their cell phone in the middle of a service and jump on TikTok? It's because they don't fear God. You want to know why somebody can be on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram in the middle of a church service? It's because there's no reverence for the King of Kings, for the Lord. We've gotten so natural in our worship. It's become so ordinary. There's no extraordinary anymore. There's no more supernatural. And it's not because he's not here. It's just because we've changed our minds. I'm going to see a light show. I'm going to hear a band. I'm going to listen to a minister. I'm going to do this. I'm going to, even tonight in big church, I have a guest minister. And I bet you people said in their mind, I'm going to hear a guest minister. When we should be saying, I'm going to meet with Jesus. I want to come to church. Oh my goodness, guys, he's been doing this. And I'm just so hungry. I want to see Jesus. Not just in the word, but manifested among us. I want to see the glory of God. I want to be like Moses, where God lets his goodness pass before me. And I come off the mountain, and I'm so radiant, and I'm glorying. And I'm just the glory of God is on me. And you guys are like, whoa, chill out. He came down off that mountain, and the whole church was freaked out. The Bible says, I call it a lampshade, but the Bible says they put a veil over his face to cover him. Now, what's so crazy about that is the glory that was on Moses, it began to dwindle and it became more faint and faint and faint over time. But the glory that was on Moses is not like the glory that's on you. The glory that's on you is supposed to be getting greater and greater and greater. But what I see in the church is I see it becoming less and less and less. And the reason why is because we're moving further away from him. No, Listen, I was reading about Ananias and his wife, I don't remember how to pronounce her name, Sapphira. And, and there was a great revival that came to the body of Christ. In the Bible. We'll get to the one with the issue of blood here in a minute. And the Bible says that they were all selling their possessions, everything they had, their homes, their land, their cows, their goats, their ox. And they were bringing their money and they were just giving it to the church. And Ananias, he had this plan, I'm going to give part of what I sold. And he came in and he said, here's all the money of what I sold. And I'm paraphrasing it. And uh, Peter, I think it was Peter, asked him, is that really all the money that you have? Is that everything? And he said, yeah, that's everything. And when he said that, the Bible says that he fell dead to the ground. Now, there's a lot of theories as to why he died. And then the Bible talks about how they drug his body out of the court. And then his wife came into the temple behind him and they asked her the same thing. And she denied how much they sold. And it says that she fell down dead and they drug her body out of the temple too. And some people are saying, you know, I was studying it and looking at it. You know, the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. 
Some theologians say that in that moment, he experienced the full weight of his sin and it was more than his body could bear. And so his mind just gave out on him. Guys, don't play with sin. Amen. I'm grateful that we live under the dispensation of grace. Right? Where we have forgiveness of sins. And if we make a mistake, we're not struck down. But just because we're not struck down doesn't mean we can play with it. A lot of other theologians say that he fell over dead because he didn't reverence God. And he had the audacity to lie to God. Everybody say reverence. We need to have a reverential fear for the God that we serve. Amen. And when we have this reverence for him, now what we've done is we've produced this atmosphere in our own lives and this attitude in our own lives where God can do something powerful. Even Jesus said this, if you want to follow me, you must, what? Deny yourself. What does that mean? It's not about Robert. It's not about you. It's supposed to be about him. Amen? And so that's what I believe is starting to happen in this youth ministry. I believe it's not just going to be me, but all of you so hungry for more of him. So hungry for more of him that he can. Listen, I, I've been to, this is what I love about Cornerstone of Blaze Youth Ministries. I've been to other churches in the area, and I'm not going to call them by name, whether it's going there for a graduation or what do they call it at the end of the year? Maybe GW knows. Is it called a baccalaureate? service or bacheloria or anybody know what that's called baccalaureate they're supposed to do it for like uh teenagers who graduate high school and and they're christians and it's like their own private celebration and i've gone to a couple of them uh, i've gone to these fields of faith and these other things and i hate it when people worship but there's no presence at a blaze we've always had the presence of god and if i can just be honest with you lately it hasn't been as intense as I would like it to be on my heart. We need more of him. We need more of him. And if we're going to get more of him, it's because you are hungry for more of God. It's because you have a reverence for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You have the reverence for Jesus Christ, the one who is and is to come. And out of that reverence, he can do some awesome things. Amen? All right, so that was, you got the card? Are you back? <laughs> Told you I'd stall, but that was actually on my heart, so I wanted to share. All right, so I went to Matthew 5 or Mark 5, and I looked at this scripture uh, like a couple months ago. And it was just really strong in my heart. So let's just pick it up here. And we're going to learn like three different things, I believe, from the one with issue blood. So we'll start here in verse uh, 22 or 24. It says, Jesus went with him, and the crowd thrashed behind him. And there was a woman in the crowd, and she had a hemorrhage for 12 years. This is called the woman with the issue of blood. It said she suffered a great deal from many doctors throughout the years. She spent everything she had to pay them, but she had gotten no better. In fact, she had only gotten worse. Now, this is key. Verse 27. She heard about Jesus. This is the first thing we learn from the woman with the issue of blood. Number one, you have to be careful what you're listening to. Over in the book of Romans, chapter 10, verse 17, it says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, right? And what we see right now 
is I really believe that the devil, which the word of God says, he is the God over the airwaves. I believe that he's able to manipulate things and get things into our lives that aren't supposed to be there by what we're listening to. Now, a lot of you are on social media, and if you're on TikTok, let me just talk to that particular group of people right now. You need to be very careful what you're listening to. The Bible talks about your heart as a garden, and it talks about there's three ways that things get into your garden, what you hear, what you say, and what you see. The devil's really attacking what you see and what you hear right now. And what you see and what you hear is full of a lot. And it's not even necessarily that it's bad things like... uh, uh, pornography or or something like that, even though that's out there and you should avoid that. But also on TikTok, when, when all you hear all day long is how bad the church is, when all you hear all day long is how Jesus can't help you and how prayer can't help you, when you hear all day long bad doctrine, I was listening to someone on TikTok, man, and their doctrine was so bad. But when you hear that all day long, you will not have faith in your life to receive from him. The first thing we learn from the woman with the issue of blood, it says she heard of Jesus. You must protect what you're listening to all day long. I told somebody, uh, I was talking to him. It was several months back, and they were talking to me about the church and all the problems with the church, and and, and they'd, they'd seen all this stuff. And I just told them, I said, you can't be a part of something if you believe it's the problem. If social media teaches you that church is the problem, then how are you going to be a part of church? If social media teaches you that Jesus is the problem instead of the solution, how are you going to let Jesus move in your life if that's what you're hearing? And I know it's out there, guys. I've seen it firsthand. People manipulating scriptures so it can say whatever they want it to say. We have to be careful what we hear. We have a podcast here to blaze. Listen to it. We record our services. Listen to them. Pastor Mark, every Sunday morning, we record it. It's online. Listen to it. And I know sometimes it's like, man, do I really need to listen to it? If you are going to live this life of faith and you're going to live it in victory, then you need to be careful what you hear. Especially right now. Let me just get to this. Especially right now because grace, hyper grace is coming back to the body of Christ. And what hyper grace is, you can live however you want and Jesus doesn't care. The Bible does not support that doctrine at all. In fact, that will steal you of the blessing and it will steal you of your life. That's not why grace is not so we can live how we want. And Jesus is going to be okay with it. Grace empowers us to obey what he teaches us. That's what grace does. And yes, there is grace that we are forgiven when we sin. But really the empowerment of grace is so you can live by God's word. So you can obey God's word. So you can live free from the sin and the attack of the enemy. Amen. And so we got to be careful what we hear. We got to be careful, right? And people will use scripture all the time to manipulate it. So first thing was, it says that she heard about Jesus. That's the first thing we learned. So she came up behind him through the crowd and touched the fringes of his garment. The next thing we learned from the one with issue of blood is that she, uh, listen, she did not care and she did not go by the societal norms. 
Jewish custom and Jewish law at this time is she was supposed to, if she went out, she wasn't even supposed to be out in public, but if she did go out in public, she was supposed to scream, unclean, unclean. Why? Because of her disease. And so people would know to avoid her. (laughs) I could go into further details about this, but I won't because it gets a little gruesome. But this is what she was supposed to do. So she curbed what society had told her to do so she could get closer to Jesus. So, lesson number two from the wish of blood. If you just go with society, it will pull you away from him. Amen. Society has its own doctrine, guys, and it's really strong and it's very corrupt. Right? And not very often does society's doctrine and their religion line up with the word of God. And so we have to decide, who are we going to go with? Are we going to go with him or are we going to go with everybody else? Well, here the woman of your blood said, I'm not going with everybody else. I'm going to him. Make that same determination in your heart. When nobody at school, whether it's middle school or high school or homeschool, make your mind up. Even if they're all running away from him, I'm still going to run towards him. Even if society says it's not popular, even if society says it's ridiculous, even if society says you don't need that, even if society says that won't bless you, that won't help you, there's nothing real about it, don't care what society says, you follow after him. Amen. And not only should we be so determined in our heart to do that, but Matthew 6 tells us that should be the first thing we do with our lives. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Right? And after we're seeking him, all these things will be added to us. And that's the way it works, guys. We follow him, and as we follow him, then he brings all these things to us. And then the next thing we notice, we found it in the same spot, number three, is she didn't let anything stop her from getting to Jesus. We all know this, and I don't think it's too soon to talk about it. But y'all remember that Travis Scott concert that happened. I think we mentioned it last week, right? they, They say that it was so crowded there that people were just suffocating because they couldn't get any oxygen. They were literally dying because it was so crowded. And the only reason I bring that up is because I've had people tell me, you know, they they say that it was so crowded around Jesus that in the heat, if somebody would have passed out, that they wouldn't have even fell to the ground because the crowd was that big. And I've had people say, well, that's impossible. I'm just like, well, we just saw it at a concert. (laughs) When did that happen? Like a year ago. And I don't really follow Travis Scott, but Noah does. He could probably tell us how many people died at that concert. It was tragic. And the only reason I'm mentioning it is to show you the reality. There could be a group of people that's so thick that it's even impossible to breathe. The point is, is that's the same type of crowd that was around Jesus in this very moment. But yet she wasn't deterred. She made up her mind, I need Jesus so bad that this giant crowd is not going to stop me from getting to him. And I don't know how you can prove this. A lot of people say that she crawled to get to Jesus. And the reason they say that is because she touched the hem of his garment, which was down by his feet. And the reason she touched the hem is because she was already there because the only way she could get to him was she was crawling. Now, this is... Middle Eastern civilization, guys. It's dirt roads and there's, there's cows everywhere. Uh, I mean, I was just in India 10 years ago and I was in a convenience store and I was on the phone with Rachel and a cow walked into the convenience store. 
And I was just like, this is happening. <laughs> just a cow walked in and, and he was right there in the convenience store with me. And the guy got this little broom from behind the counter and he's trying to shoo the cow out. And Rachel's on the other line. She's like, what's that noise? I'm like, just a cow, me, a Snickers bar and a cow, you know, right here in this convenience store. And it's just dirt roads everywhere. And, and, and it's crazy because there's li- it's not like the United States of America. There's no paved roads and there's livestock and people everywhere. And these livestock, uh, listen, I grew up around horses. I grew up on a ranch. And when barn animals have to go to the bathroom, they go to the bathroom. So all through the streets, there's cow manure. Now, why am I telling you this? I'm painting a picture of what this woman went through to get to Jesus. This is the same type of environment. She did not care what was on the road. She did not care what it cost her. This was why, guys, and we need to get to this place. If you'll get to this place, your life will radically. Jesus has what I need. And that's what she believed. Jesus has what I need. And because, and how did she do that? She was careful what she heard. She heard about him. And when she heard about him, faith came to her. And what did that faith teach her? He has what you need. And then she decided in her mind, well, if he has what I need, then nothing is going to stop me from getting to him. This will set you free even when it comes to worshiping. Because if you realize Jesus has what you need, then you won't care what other people think about you when you're lifting your hands praising God. Right? This is why we don't get really, ah, we don't stir ourselves up. We're, we're scared to lift our hands. We're scared to sing. We're scared to clap. We're scared to jump. It's because we don't really believe that Jesus has what we need. If we did, nothing would stop us from getting to him. You're being challenged tonight. Do you believe that Jesus is the truth, that he is the life? That he is the way. Do you really believe that he has your answers? Do you really believe that he can set you free? Do you really believe that he's called every single one of us? Do you really believe? And when you do, you'll pursue him no matter what it costs you. This is what's coming back to the body of Christ. That sheer determination. I've got to have Jesus. I've got to have Jesus. I've got to have Jesus. Listen, I grew up in church and I spent so many years of my life being around Jesus, but not believing in Jesus. I spent so many years of my life being in the room when the word of God was being preached, when people were worshiping and the band was playing, being in that atmosphere, but receiving nothing from it because I didn't believe. What do you believe? And a lot of you, I know you. A lot of you, I've known your whole life. When you were in the nurseries and you were in torch and you were in kinder church and now you're in a blaze. You've been around this for a long time. You've got to check yourself and you've got to say, what do I believe? Do I believe in Jesus? Is he everything? Is he the one that is always with me? He's never going to leave me. He's never going to forsake me. Is he really the king of kings? And not only the king of kings, is he really the king of your heart? 
be challenged by church and be challenged by tonight's message. Let's stop being casual about Jesus Christ. Start being serious about the one who suffered this miserable, miserable death on the cross so we can have a wonderful, wonderful life. Let's start being serious about him. And as we become more serious about him, the more he'll reveal himself to us, the better things will be with us. I just want more of him. I just want more of him. I've got to get past this way of thinking that my ideas are better than his ideas, that my ways are better than his ways. He is everything to me. And without him, I have nothing. And because of that, I will do whatever it takes to get to him. I don't have time to share my testimony, guys. But sometimes it's almost easier to have this relationship with Jesus Christ when you've gotten so far bad in your own life and then he heals some things and he fixes some things. It's easy to have this relationship with him when he's really delivered you from some stuff. But those of you that have been around him your whole life, you've got a different type of challenge. You're going to have to find a way to make Jesus everything when you've never really had any major obstacles to overcome. I'm not saying you haven't had obstacles. We all have obstacles. But for the most part, things have been pretty good. Right? And this is part of the problem in the body of Christ. We've gotten so good at being able to live without him. And for all of her problems, the United States of America is still a pretty darn good place to live. And because of that, we don't suffer like people do in other parts of the world. I, I, I watched a video of people in China getting Bibles that were snuck there through the underground church. And when the suitcase opened, they just started weeping. And if their government found out that they had those Bibles, they would kill every single one of them. That's real faith. That's, 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 that's really, Jesus is everything to me. I will go to him no matter what it costs. Right? I remember when we went to India, that same trip that I was on, we ministered to ministers who spent everything to come to these meetings and they got encouraged and they left those meetings. One of those ministers that was in that meeting, they found out he was a Christian and they boiled him in hot molasses. Gave his life a martyr for Jesus Christ. We don't have any obstacles like that. Because we don't have any obstacles like that, we get so casual. Because the truth of the matter is, if you work hard 
you could probably make it in the U.S. without Jesus. But there's this truth. There will always be something missing in our lives without him. And we'll never truly be happy. We can have all the possessions in the world. We can have this, we can have that. But only Jesus. <laughs> only Jesus. And that's why I'm passionate. It's because if you'll get this right now, then the rest is easy, guys. If you realize how bad you need him right now, then the rest is easy. 